Cybercon 3 is a virtual reality mind bender. It's Amigos, episode 307. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Cybercon 3. Mm. Cybercon 3 is a virtual reality experience, Aaron. It told me so on the box. Yes. What was your first virtual reality experience? You know, that's a good question, Boat. I'm going to really think about that for a minute. Um, I mean, when you, what is virtual reality? And here's my definition. You have some sort of gimmick on your head, and you see, like, in 3D. That's mm-hmm. that's my def- That's the basic definition. Okay, so, so by that definition... Uh, something like Captain EO would be virtual reality. Well, you know, stra- well, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. And I did see Captain EO, by the way. Uh, you know, and I guess we're not going to count the 3D movies because, like, I remember seeing Loch Ness Monster. Or no, that's not true. A Creature in a Black Lagoon. That's what because it was. I mean, I mean, by that definition, you strap something to your head and yeah. you see things in yeah. 3D. Yeah, but in terms of gaming, um, it seems like there was an old. Uh, like a like a Tommy Electronics game, a handheld game. Mm-hmm. I, I, in my head, I can remember it. You put it up to your head like this, and it's LCD, but it's it's it. There's depth to it. Yeah. So I remember yeah. sort of counting that. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it's called. Maybe somebody in the chat room can remember. And then, but I, in terms of actual video game, I do remember. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think when the Virtual Boy came out. That would be very. That that would be pretty early in. I know there were some arcade games. Like there was like an arcade game called Beachhead, ironically, that had a, like a vi- you put a kind of looking like a visor type thing. I mean, technically, you want so to I mean, real- op- something like uh, you know uh, Operation Wolf or something like that. Would that be virtual reality? Well, or this is, game, the, I was any of the games like that have the things you you peer into. Yeah, Battle Zone is one that came to mind. Battle Zone, but I mean, again, you're we're getting cute with the definition. Uh, uh, Games that let you look around like this, and it would mm-hmm. actually follow your head. That's more mm-hmm. like real virtuality. And it was, uh, I know when uh, I got the uh, the gimmick for my phone, that was probably the first time I really experienced the virtual reality, the thing that you could put your phone in. So it wasn't that long ago. There have been little little wacky virtual reality-esque gimmicks, but I, I would say that was the first one. And my brother ended up getting the full-on virtual reality, and I tried that too. So what, what right. about you? It was, I was definitely the virtual boy. Um, I never, you know, we didn't live in a location, at least as far as I'm aware, where they set up these virtual reality zones, malls or whatever, where they had the thing that you could pay $10 and get 10 minutes of virtual reality time. Um, and so my first experience with virtual reality was not very impressive. Yeah, (laughs) it was, I I remember it clearly. It was, um, my, my best friend growing up, her name was Amber and she lived two houses down from me. And I think her little brother got one and I just saw the thing on the stand and the stand was sitting on the floor. And I was like, well, how do you play with this thing? And she's like, we got to lay down on the floor. And I was like, oh, okay. So I lay down on the floor commando style, put my head up to this thing. And I was like, I can't believe that this is a thing that Nintendo has put out, even at my young age. Uh, I I just could not believe that this was a, this was a product that escaped, you know, people saying maybe we should just can this whole thing right now. Yeah. You know, the commercials for the virtual boy were, I remember seeing them well before I'd get to look at one and they, I was just surprised. I was like, wow, monochrome. 
Mm-hmm. That is that's you know keep in mind I I uh 97 I was still you know I I graduated I was I was a man at that point so I wasn't like a I wasn't like a child like you were I sat down I was like looking at this from a business perspective I'm like mm-hmm. man I'm surprised the big end is putting this thing out monochrome. And then I thought to myself, okay, it must be part of the way it works. Okay. Yeah. Which it is. Well, it was, it was just so weird because up till that point, it was like, it was like the, it was like the film magical mystery tour. It was like the Beatles could do no wrong. And then all yeah. of a sudden there it was a big old yeah. dud. Well, you know, and, the virtual reality, the, the virtual boy gets a, a bad, it deserves a bad rap. Okay. But, uh, it was, it was Nintendo being Nintendo. They were way outside the box and that way outside the box. I mean, no one's ever trying to like it. Mm-hmm. And when it works, it actually is pretty cool. I think I've played with the real one. And then me and Brent have covered a couple set rounds of games on it. And some of the games are most of the games are crap. Okay. But some of them, you could see the potential Sure. That was there for the machine, and you got to think they're all first generation games. They never got around to a next generation of games. Yeah, and so I think that there could have been a game there. Now the stuff with the stand that was—I mean, they would have had to revise that thing to make it lighter, to make mm-hmm. it where you don't have to have the stand. Mm-hmm. That was always awkward, weird, sitting at a desk with the—you know—you looking like a geek. Mm-hmm. It also gave people headaches. I don't think there's any way to get around that because the three headache, the neck strain, pretty much yeah. every—you're contorting your body in, in ways that it should not be contorted. Whenever you, yeah, but it. I mean, I think I think as there as much as everybody rags on Nintendo for that, I think you got to give Nintendo credit. I think that get, that establishes the the point that they will try just about anything, and mm-hmm. they ended up they went to the money bank with the Wii, and now they're going to the Super Vault with the Switch. Yeah, and these are both avant-garde, off-the-beaten-path ways to get there. A lot of people thought the Switch was going to die a death, and no one gave the Wii a chance. Right. And they made boatloads of cash. So they know what right. they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, I've been back to the VR well several times since then. Uh, I bought an Oculus Rift uh, when when it came out, shortly after it came out. Uh, and I had that for a while, and then I sold it because I wasn't using it. And then I bought the Oculus Quest 2, yes. and uh, I've had that for And here's the thing. This here. is what I've discovered about myself. All right. Okay? I'm an idiot. That's I can't what wait discovered. to hear this. I'm dying um, here. No. Well, when I play video games, I like to situate myself in the most comfortable position possible. I like to put myself in the recliner and lay there like a blob and be as immobile as possible when I play video games. It should be a relaxing experience, okay? When I want to get up and move around, I'll go to actual reality outside. I'll walk around my neighborhood. I'll go play golf. The mixing of the two just is not doing it for me. Where I'm, I'm doing physical things, I'm moving my hands around in space, but I'm it's still like a really artificial experience with a really major uncanny valley in front of it. Um, I still get nauseous. I still don't feel well after about a half hour in VR. And people say, well, you can train yourself to not be sick. But here's the thing, man. I'm playing a freaking video game. I want to train myself to do anything. I want to sit there like a lump and move my hands and make cool stuff appear on the screen to make me feel awesome about myself because yeah. I play video games to experience a power fantasy where I'm a bad AMFer. Wow. You know, my problem with VR, it's, it's, yeah, I think you nailed some of it, but like when you want to sit down and play, like if I got five minutes, I'll sit down, I'll whip the phone out and play that stupid football game that I've got on mm-hmm. there or, or, 
uh, I'll sit down at the computer and I'll play a couple rounds of Punch Out or whatever. And bam, you're out. All right. For VR, you've got to like set a schedule. You got to make sure no one's going to come in on you while you've got all this crap set up. Yeah. You've got to make sure that you've got all the room cleared. Then you got to hook it all up. It never works right immediately. You got to tweak crap. You know, and ultimately, it's so much effort. That you for you're like what the heck am I doing this for? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's just, it is sad. You know, VR like so many other things in life. I love the idea of VR. Yeah, um, it's just I just it's just not as much as I hate to admit it's just it's not really my bag. Now I'm going to keep it around. I'm not going to sell this thing. Like <laughs> that's so what I was going to ask. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm going to keep it around because I'm sure once winter comes around and I feel like being active, maybe I'll fire up Beat Saber or Fruit Ninja or something. But I'm just not going to get involved in one of these long, full game length experiences. It's just I don't think that it's in me. You know, if they if they and they may do this if they finely tuned VR to where it's just like you take like a uh, like a banana clip style set of goggles that's go and then you're in that's mm. it there's no wiring and hooking up and starting a computer and logging into facebook all the crap you're just in like you're in yeah well the I'll quest 2 the quest 2 is pretty close i mean you put it on your head and you're in you don't there's no there's it's inside outside tracking there's no additional baloney that you have to do but at the end of the day you're still it's, you're still doing the same stuff and a big part of it for me, like you said, is that like you have to make sure like and I'll freak myself out. Like, I don't want to play it while Eep's around because she'll just no. sit in the corner and laugh at me hysterically. Yes, but when she's geek, not home and I've got the things on, I'm afraid that like somebody's going to break into my house and attack me or something. I have all these weird things that where I, like they go through my head. I start to feel afraid when I play VR games because I can't see the world around me. So. I think Listen, that's a man, boat problem right it there. Is a I don't know. Problem. It's, it's a big boat problem. <laughs> yeah, I had you had me till that last part. <laughs> I was playing. Have you ever played The Room before? I've seen The Room. This is not based You're on the film. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> the The Room is a is is it started out as a phone game, and it's a it's sort of a creepy game where you solve simple puzzles. Uh, it's not really scary, but it is. It's atmospherically creepy. And I was playing that, and I was freaking myself out down here in the basement because I was afraid that somebody was going to sneak up on me and tap me on the shoulder. Yeah, what you, you are a big old that? candy, though, Boat. In yeah, all honesty, I am. I you am. got scared from my old radio show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I did. That was terrifying. I got nothing else to say. Move along. Let's talk about this week's Amiga news, Aaron. Yes, sir. Amiga news. Aaron, our good buddy Tenmark is at it again. He's upgrading his Amiga 4000, Aaron. Get this. One Amiga operating system is not enough. He's uh, upgrading it. This is going to be a hybrid 3.1. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He's taking a hybrid system and upgrading it to 3.2. I couldn't yeah. even get through that sentence without without screwing it up. So it's I know that I want to be able to understand you. this video. Yeah. I actually watch this, of course. I, I always watch Doug's stuff, and it's... Doug, one thing about Doug, it, you, he's got to have the the latest and the greatest, and so you mm -hmm. knew he was going to install this thing. So it gives you a quick tour of the four thousand. He digs in there and installs it. Shows you all the shows you how he does it. He also does it. I will say this was really neat. I didn't know you could do this. He's got a gimmick set up that hooks his Amiga up to Dropbox, so he transfers the uh, he transfers over files from Dropbox. That's pretty cool. And I'm going to give yeah. you that. Yeah. And he shows yeah. you where to get that. I mean, that is a heck of a wacky gimmick there. Maybe other people knew about that, but I had never heard of it. And anyway, Boat, uh, uh, Doug, 
puts all the stuff in. I mean, it is it does exactly what he says. He fully installs uh, the new uh, workbench, you know, and then lo and behold, he kicks the tires on it. So good video. Doug, of course, holds your hand most of the way so you know what's going on. Uh, I enjoyed it. Doug, Doug is playing the realm of high-end Amigas, the, the realm we shall not see, but, but <laughs> it looks true, like man. fun for him. Now, I should have saved this story for last, but we're going with it right uh-huh. right in the heart of yeah. the Amiga News section. Yeah. Uh, it's a, you know, in a day which will live forever, uh, to uh, July 2nd, 2021, we will always remember is the day that Lionheart got a PC remake, Aaron. Yes, the PC finally hit the pay window boat uh, with this Lionheart. And by the way, uh, if you go to the Lionheart remake pay- webpage that's uh, linked off of uh, Indie Retro News, you could partake in the finest. This there's a there's a Lionheart highlight video on here that I literally shed a tear when I saw this. Thing. <laughs> I did watch that, and it was, it was I mean it was spectacular. It, it was, was very glorious. Well yeah, you know it's funny. I had a fight with my brother uh, just to, like uh, uh, like it was like last week. We had we always have fights, so it's hard to differentiate. But we were talking about Amiga platformers. And uh, he was saying Premiere was the finest platformer he'd ever seen on the Amiga. And I said, oh, no, I don't think so. It's Lionheart. And much like yourself, uh, showing his true idiocy, he badmouthed the game. And so I will direct him to this video, which shows you the incredible length and depth of Lionheart as a platformer. It's a top-shelf game, Boat. And now, uh, amazingly, all the goose that have PCs can experience the joy and rapture that is Lionheart. Uh, someone has actually taken it upon themselves to port this thing over. Now, here's the caveat, Boatster. And I haven't looked at this yet. There's a big reason why. And the big reason why is right here. It requires Java 8. So this is Java'd up. Odd. I'm, I'm assuming this has been in the works for a while. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I mean, it uses something called the Lion Engine. Yeah. Which... <laughs> <laughs> Bring me I want more that games for my car. On that. Yeah. Uh, it required, I, I, this amused me, Boat. It requires 32 megs of memory in your PC and at least six megs of, of free space in the hard drive. High end uh, machines required. This is the same the, as Windows 11, Aaron. It's the same thing all over again. Yeah. There's bullet points here of all the stuff that's in Lionheart. We know about this stuff already. We're in the Amiga community. Uh, we know about it. But. It did have something here that I was intriguing. Level editor, but yeah, yeah. Now, I like the idea that uh, some uh, high end dude is going to lay down some new levels for Lionheart. That's probably. I mean, if, if the le- if the level editor's got any sort of jack, this would be an interesting addition to the Lionheart. You can make like a whole second game of Lionheart. You know. It'd be interesting. I don't know what you can do with it. I have, no, I have not looked at it. What, what I am I'm gonna... seeing, what I'm, what I'm foreseeing, is that people are going to yeah. go all Mario Maker with this thing, and there's going to be tons of people out there making all of their own custom Lionheart levels. Maybe we could even make that a special segment on a future Amigathon or something, where we check out some of these, you know, homemade Lionheart levels. That would be really Listen, cool. I will do anything it takes to glorify Lionheart. And if it devotes several, a volume of shows, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> but anyway, this is a glorious day. Uh, if you're a PC owner, you poor sad sucker, you've never got to experience Lionheart, now's the chance. This is the premier Amiga game. I said it, and I'll continue to say it. Uh, Hank, Tor- Nor- Hank Nyborg, artistic genius, Boat. He didn't accept my Discord friend request, but I still like him, <laughs> uh, Boat. 
because I, all I was going to do was just fanboy him anyway. So he probably knew that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But look, at, I mean, look at this, by the way. 2.5 D scoring with 96 parallel lines, parallax lines, parallax, 96 parallax of them. Lines. It's not your normal lines. No, boat, no. So anyway, this is big news, everybody. So go run out. Well, most of you guys have Amigas. So don't run out and get this. Just point and laugh at the people that don't have Amigas, but then sympathize with them because now they get to play the game. There yeah. you go, boat. All right, our next news story comes to us from one of our favorite YouTubers and site admins out there, Amiga Love. Yeah. All the way uh, from Seattle. He yeah. has uh, he's introducing a new piece of software called Disk Mimic for Amiga OS 1.3. Now, Amiga Love's a man after my own heart. As you can see behind me, I've got the Amiga 1000 here with yeah. the recently repaired monitor. You did you did a, a wonderful job the, when you got there deep into the weeds at the last Taze Valley Classic Computer Club meeting, and you you managed to save my monitor from certain doom. Uh, so I've, I have been using the 1000 more lately. And uh, this thing is just for OS 1.3. So this is yeah. something that uh, that allows you to insert and eject ADF files uh, to run software right off your desktop. With yeah. uh, OS 2.0, 3.1, you can do that. But 1.3 never got this functionality until now. Yeah. Uh, you you got to give uh, the fellow credit. This is brand new. Hot off the press, this piece of software. Uh, it requires you to, it does require you to have some sort of hard disk. Mm -hmm. uh, and it requires a, a, a certain amount of space, uh, but and then there are certain files, you have, you know, uh, libraries you have to install and whatnot. But once you've got, I mean, it's not like it's uh, it's not like a kill yet. Once you lay this thing in, though, you're good to go. Uh, uh, it, and it and it, I will say this is a nice little bit of functionality uh, for 1.3, uh, and uh, I like it, man. It's cool. It's nice. And as Love mentioned, and you mentioned as well. Uh, 1.3 can do a lot of stuff. It's just they don't want ever do anything to, to make it do it. And so right. someone said, oh, yeah, and he did it. So <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. I will say the thumbnail for this video is as creepy a thumbnail as you'll ever see. Look, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you it. looks at like, it. What's, the, um, what's the guy from the pinball machine, the Funhouse pinball machine? What, what's his <laughs> oh, name? I, I don't remember his name now. I think about it. But, yeah, that little freak. <laughs> yeah. He remind, it reminded me of the... Uh, the recent film, The Joker, he always looked like that mm, guy. He's just like, okay. so yeah, yeah, it's creepy, man. Scary. But yeah, good for yeah. you, good for love, and good for the fellow that put this thing down. I'm very impressed. All right, Aaron, this next one, my Commodore Amiga 1200 recap and repair. This comes to us from a, a YouTuber called Gadget UK164, who I'm not yeah. familiar with. Aaron, yeah. you're you uh, you told me about this video. What's what's yeah. going on here, man? Well, I just uh, and 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 uh, uh, I will say, uh, Gadge here, he, he's a he's a big player. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of subscribers. Yeah, yeah. I just saw this pop up. Listen, uh, uh, if you do any recapping work, uh, it can be real tricky business, man. And so mm -hmm. anytime I see someone that's kind of showing their technique, I like to show it. I mean, we've seen the Huck. Huck yeah. did a real popular recapping video. And uh, we've seen a lot of these. And so this guy kind of gives you the scoop on, on how to remove a lot of these caps and how he goes about marking them to make sure that he got remembered to get the right one. Uh, and uh, he goes through the whole rigmarole. He recaps the whole system. He actually had a problem with it, and he ends up uh, finding out the problem. It was a color-related problem that was fixed with the recapping. So just an interesting video. I thought I would uh, mention it. I don't think we ever talked about uh, Gadget UK164 before, but uh, I looked over his uh, channel. 
it's a lot of interesting stuff in there, uh, Bode. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the retro gaming repair and mod guy. So guess what's in there? A lot of retro gaming repairs and mods, including sense. arcade stuff. So uh, and a lot of different stuff, everything from the arcade to the Amstrad, uh, all the way down the spectrum. So uh, check him out. I think he's got. Uh, I think he's a good, pretty good quality player there, Boat. I, I endorse it. Yeah, yeah, man, sounds good. All right, and finally, Aaron. Speaking of uh, of the Huck, we have a new video from the one and only Gary Hucker over on his retrospective channel. This is not uh, Amiga related, but it is pretty cool. Tell us about it, Aaron. You know, uh, for those Huck's been sort of out of the out of the picture for a while. Uh, I've talked to Huck on and off for the past couple of years, Gary, and Gary has been. Uh, working on his other business, I believe is if I'm not mistaken, but his other business isn't like sewing machines. Yeah, he he like runs that. a sewing machine. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and uh, business down in uh, in New Zealand. He was killing it uh, over the pandemic. Oh, I bet. But, yeah, but my now, my mom is a big sewer, and uh, she was telling me that that sewing machine because she's she's involved in the scene as a word. She says that these places they can't keep stock. You know, yeah. they just sell out immediately. So uh, the pandemic was good to the sewing industry for sure. Yeah, and so. Uh, anyway, Gary has a, I mean, he, as I recall, he came into like a bunch of Amigas. And so he wrote, if you go back through our archives, uh, Gary has a bunch of Amiga videos and some real wacky ones too. Stuff blowing up, stuff not working because of weird grounding issues, real wacky stuff. And some of our most popular videos that Gary did. Uh, but uh, uh, Gary's sort of creeping back in the scene. He sort of he linked me up to this uh, so I could check it out because he knows uh, I'm a big fan of the System 80. Uh, the System 80 is sort of the... the Super uh, 80. Yeah, the, the, it's it's sort of the uh, equivalent of the TRS-80 Model 1 or 3 and down in Australia and New Zealand, that area, sold it to Dick Smith stores. And uh, this is just an interesting video where Gary tools around on it and tries to uh, repair his tape drive. Uh, but And this is entertaining, but I, I urge you to check out uh, all of his stuff because he's got plenty of uh, uh, other content in there that's that's Amiga related and whatnot, and, and Gary's going to start kicking it in, and he he's got a real laid back uh, way of doing stuff down to earth, and uh, he's very talented tech as well. So give Gary a look. I want to give him a big thumbs up because I'm a big fan of the Huck. Huck's always been good to us uh, over the years too, Bo. In fact, I believe Huck that was Huck the first. He was the fellow that gave us that ZX Sinclair Spectrum. That's right. He sent yeah. us that 48K And he had a 600, I believe, as well. So yeah, he, and the Amiga 600 that's right yeah. behind me. So, yeah, yeah so, he's the man. So, we love Gary. Uh, so, Gary, keep keep going, buddy. I'm glad to have you back uh, and making videos, my friend. All right. Our final story this week comes to us, Aaron, from RetroRewind.ca. Oh, yes. And I'm choosing this one because, you know, I was hanging out with Amiga Bill last night. I heard about at the, that. Yeah. Uh, at the Westchester Amiga user group uh, online through Zoom. And uh, people were talking about their favorite places to buy Amiga stuff for. And uh, and so and, and people were naming, you know, all the different the different stores out there. And I said, well, have you guys heard of Retro Rewind? And they were like, no. And I was like, well, let me tell you about Retro Rewind. All of a sudden, the the switchboard lit up. People were buying stuff left and right. And one of the things that the guy, one of the guys on the in the group said that he bought 
was one of these things. This is a C64 and C128 Diag, Diag harness. Uh, so this is a thing that you can use to test your C64 or C128 to determine where the problems are. Uh, it yeah. consists of a user port module, a cassette port module, a serial loopback. You got two control port conductors. You've got everything that you Holy need crap. to diagnose what's going on with your with your computer. Yeah. Uh, this thing is a must-have if you are a repair person of the C64. And as we all know, this a Commodore's early machines sometimes need a couple tweaks to get them working right, as John Marshall uh, uh, demonstrates just, at every computer club meeting. <laughs> I was just thinking we should buy one of these for John. Because yeah. how many times have we sh pried chips back and forth out of machines trying to build a working C64? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> He's like, well, let's let's rip the sit out of this one. And so, yeah. um, so anyway, this is available right now from Retro Rewind. For the cost of 75 buckaroos, yeah. but you can save 10% right now off this or any order by using the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. Yeah. And, of course, we do appreciate Retro Rewind and thank them for being a sponsor of Amigos. Yes, sir. And this does look like a very comprehensive diagnostic outfit, Boat. Um, yeah. I, I can see where this would be very handy. Thank you very yeah. much, and thanks to Frank over at Retro Rewind, Boat. Now, we've got one more little bit of news that I didn't link to, Aaron. Amigathon is a three short weeks away. Holy Can you believe it? Bro, can you, you believe it? Me. I can believe it, man. So, uh, guys, this is going to be a, a scene that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, Amigathon, of course, is our <laughs> yearly uh, charity fundraiser benefiting Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And uh, this year, it's going to be our biggest event ever. Uh, we've got a, a wide cast of characters, including Amiga Bill, uh, Ravi and Dan. We've got uh, Control-Alt-Reese, Ash Said Hi, Kim Justice, and many, many more. Uh, they're all going to be joining us. And, Aaron, we're going to be having some awesome exclusive giveaways. And I wanted to share oh, one uh, set of giveaways that uh, I just found out about yesterday. Uh, Pixels at Dawn tuned in, and he said uh, that uh, him and Jonah, a.k.a. Simulant, the publisher of Amiga Addict, are going to give away, Aaron, get this, yeah. two Amiga Addict mugs and three Amiga Addict gift certificates. Oh, so and this is uh, international shipping is covered with all this stuff, so you'll be able to uh, get a mug. You can win a Amiga Addict gift certificate that you can use towards a magazine. You can get yeah. a, your own copy, or if you're already a subscriber, boom, get the mug. So either way, you're a winner. We're gonna have. We'll probably end up having a special stream after Amigathon where we do the drawings and give away all the prizes because we have so many uh, that we want to make sure and uh, and get everybody that donates involved in that. So if, you, uh, if you're able to support Amigathon, I think the minimum donation is probably going to be around $10 to get involved in this uh, drawing. Uh, you will be automatically entered and, uh, and you'll have a chance to win this. Uh, we're also giving away a uh one of the uh oh i can't think of what it's called but there's this guy that does a bunch of these little dioramas uh we're going to be giving away some of those uh so lots of lots of surprises lots of cool stuff so make sure on july 24th you check us out starting at uh 10 a.m uh, utc uh we'll be playing games for 12 hours and then turn it over to a team of streamers who's going to take the next 12 hours 24 hours of amigathon 2021 aaron we got a real. I want. I want to pitch in for the uh, for the guest streamers that are coming in to pick up the second twelve hours boat. Uh, we, um, we've already got signed on our good buddy 
our, our uh, almost our inspiration, uh, Jack Flack, will be taking uh, a round of uh, streaming uh, on the streaming section of the of the event, the second 12 hours. We've also signed on, and I've been watching him, but he's been doing some practice streams for the last week or so. Dave Z, our own Dave Z from Wild Wild World of Retro, he's going to be uh, taking his turn at fundraising. We've also got uh, from the uh, from Coco Talk, uh, the original gamer, Steven Stroh. He's going to be taking the last slot that we have. And then just signed on, Another top shelf streamer, but Mr. Cola has decided oh, that he's going to throw oh, his hat in the ring too. Fantastic. We love Mr. Cola; he's awesome. So I'm excited. I'm more excited than I've ever been for Megathon boat because you're right. We're going to have a packed 12 hour show where me and you're going to be playing some games, and we're going to be uh, mingling with the big time players, raising money for the Children's Miracle Network. And then the next 12 hours, you're going to get some t- a whole different flavor. And I mean multiple flavors, all the flavors. It's like Baskin Robbins, but 30 wonderful flavors. And it should be a good time. Remember, every cent you donate goes directly to the Children's Miracle Network uh, and help those kids out. Give a few bucks. Uh, or at the bare minimum, just show up, show some support, and have a good time. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, it's time. It's time to talk about CyberCon 3. Oh, man, Boat. <laughs> Boy, I was excited about this one, Boat. You know, Aaron, in a world gone mad, this is the greatest <laughs> madness of all. One man against the ultimate defense system ever devised. One man yeah. against legions of robots capable of destroying whole cities. One man against the CyberCon. You know, that's I love that, Boat. It was just like a film. A very technical film. And, uh, and so we're going <laughs> to... With that, with that brilliant introduction, I'd rather just sit and listen to you talk like that for another 10 minutes. But let's go ahead and talk about the game. CyberCon 3, Boat. I know, much like myself, you'd never heard of this sucker. No. And I hadn't either. Uh, released it abl- amazingly in 1991, Boat. Uh, and was published by U.S. Gold. And put together by a little team called the Assembly Line, Boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the assembly line had really only they did a, a a few games. We actually have covered, as far as I know, I only remember us covering one of their games, maybe one and a half. They did Pipe Dreams. Remember that one? Right. Mm-hmm. You were a big fan of that. They did a game. And called they didn't e- really do it. They did the port. The right. Port. Exactly. And that's where I was getting at. Yeah. They did a game called Emotion. They did a game called Exterminator. And they did get any, this game that has three names. You, some people call it Game of Harmony. Some people call it Interface. Some people call it Vaccine. And then lastly, they did the coding for Xenon 2. I believe they may have coded the CDTV version, uh, because we know it was designed by the Bitmap Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they were in on that. But this is their baby, uh, Boat. And I will say, if you were going to dump everything you had, everything, everything you had into one game, this is the game, because this was one big dump of stuff into this game. Now, you sort of went into a little flavor text. I'm just going to touch on, I've got I've got some of the uh, uh, bullet points here in the back of the box. All right, because And I will say, I want to preface this by saying two things. One, this game is really complex. And so uh, it was a very challenging game to look at. And two, the, the backstory in this was unbelievably <laughs> complicated and long. It's in the manual. I don't know if you read it, Boat. Oh, I'll, was, uh, I'll tell you when I stopped reading it. 
there they, they make there's this there's this preface to the backstory yes. and the backstory says beware this backstory may or may not have anything to do with the game and some of this material may actually not help you with the yes. game at all and i was like i'm out of here screw yes. this you know it's bad when they're screwing with you on the flavor text right so the back of the box just to summarize what's happening and this is a good summary you have bravely volunteered to execute Operation Nemesis to neutralize the merciless super defense computer gone mad, Cybercon 3. Equipped with your enhanced power armor, salvaged from the wreckage of Cybercon 3's onslaught, you must penetrate the defense complex, protecting Cybercon 3's brainstem, and deactivate it. All right. A lot of they mentioned Cybercon 3 a lot in there. He's kind of a big, a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, something else I wanted to mention on the back of the box, they go into some stuff that are in the, in the game. Uh, they talk about 400 unique locations, I believe that. Intelligent defenses, I believe that. Sampled sound effects, there's some pretty funky sound in this. Uh, a unique picture-in-picture picture mode, that's true. But the one thing that really caught me, and, it, and I'm telling you, I believe this big time, over one-third million lines of code compressed into this program. Yeah, I a believe third that. of a million lines. <laughs> when you tout that on your box, you're proud of what you've done. Yeah. That is a lot of code. I don't know how much a normal program would have, but I'm guessing it does not have one third of a million uh, uh, lines of code. So, okay, let's sort of get into what you're doing here. This is a a 3D uh, first person. Um, simulation. Help me simulate, out. Here, but what is yeah, it's, this? It's, it's, it's a simulation exploration combat uh, puzzle puzzle solving game with light combat elements. <laughs> it's a lot. It's everything. It's everything. It's, it's everything. There's platforming. There's shooting. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. So you basically do play. You are a guy they just refer to as the volunteer, which I actually kind of like that boat. It's mm-hmm. kind of a, you know that's a neat angle. You don the power suit, and then you are infiltrating the uh, fortress that contains Cybercon 3. And Cybercon 3, the defensive AI that you have to go in and and knock out, okay? They have gotten you in through a back door in like a maintenance area, okay? And so uh, you go in, and that's where the game starts. You're on this, basically you start off on this long platform, and there's a door on the other side. Now, uh, this is one of those games, boats, sort of like a Rocket Ranger, that sort of baked in the copy protection uh, a lot. All right, and it, in fact, we watched a video. God bless this video, boat that you found on how to play this game. And one of the sections in it is they just talk about how to use the code wheel. You know, you're in trouble when the code wheel needs instructions. Yeah, and yeah, it, and, and you're going to be using that code wheel a lot. Yeah. Uh, so you and the way that can you explain explain to the folks how the what what you need to use the code because you have to use it right away. Right. So the the way that this works is that the code wheel integrates with certain doors in the uh, in, in in the complex. So what you have to do is you when you when you go up to a door, you're going to see a four part alphanumeric code that appears on a black panel beside the door, and you actually you have to line that up with the code wheel in order to open doors. So this isn't a game 
where you are just um, where you have to use the copy protection one time at the beginning or 10 minutes into the game or something like that. You're constantly using it. You have to use it every time you save and every time you restore. So it's they really got a lot of mileage out of the old code wheel. And I will say, I played I played several versions of this game, and I'll get into why in a minute. And on some versions, they were hacked, <clears throat> okay? And so, but even in the crack screen at the beginning, it would say, listen, here's what you do at the doors. Mm-hmm. You you type in some crap, then you hit the, you have to hit the, rapidly hit the fire button twice to get it to work. So even the cracking of this was sketchy. Yeah. Like both. Yeah. And, and the way that this, and the, the, the heart of the way that this game works, the puzzle solving elements all come into these things called Sonic keys yeah. and Sonic keys are geometric flat geometric shapes that you have to select from one of the 4,000 sub menus that are present on your screen. They're right up there at the top and about three nested three levels deep. And if you think yeah. I'm lying, I'm not lying. No, no. Um, and what you have to do is you have to input these these pieces of the sonic key. And they're usually three or four. I think there might be three of them that are long. And uh, and that that's what unlocks different things. It's what makes different things happen. And you collect these sonic keys. They're both part of the copy protection system, but they're also just part of the game in general. Uh, when you are trying to discover new items and things like that, you have to kind of, it's like rolling for traps in these rooms where you, you, you have to like investigate, you have to put out a sensor to get a sonic key. Once you've collected that sonic key, you have to use it in conjunction with other things to make things happen. So sonic keys are a big part of the puzzle part of this game. Yeah, and, and Boat, Boat mentioned the uh, the menu. Now listen, I, I, I first of all, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to bury this game. It's actually a, quite a brilliant game, but they this game was way 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 ahead of its time. And and one of the detriments of the game is that it's so complex, it requires a lot of uh, of explanation and a lot of keys and a lot to put it in perspective. One of the problems I had with this game was. This game requires that your Amiga have a, a, a numeric keypad. Which there all is, Amigas did have numeric keypads, right. well, so it's yeah, not a big deal. Back in the day, they did, but now they all, like, I, my, mine doesn't, I don't, none of my keyboards here have numeric keypads. So I had to go yeah, play this the, on my uh, laptop. I guess the, I don't know what you'd do with an Amiga 600, because it doesn't have an, a right. numeric keypad. Right, and that did happen. But, uh, and there's no uh, you know, when this game was released, the 600 wasn't even, you know, a thought in anybody's mind yet. Yeah. So. It really wasn't much of a thought when it was released. That's true. Uh, so, just to, I want to I, I, listen. I'm not going to go into an in-depth control uh, tutorial here, but I just want just to give you a flavor, okay? And the depth of this game is unbelievable. There, there are bars that control. There's one bar that just controls all the systems in your suit, right? The shield, the uh, self-repair, the uh, weapons levels. The uh, there's a, a there's something that turns off subsystems, and you can and you can change the amount of energy that are going to these various subsystems. You can turn them on and off, and you have to because, for example, the shield will drain your energy a lot quicker if you leave mm-hmm. it on. So yeah, that's and something there, you would there, only activate. Some, and you can also adjust things so you take less damage when you fall. Uh, so you can jump higher and fa- and, and and faster. Right. Uh, so you're you're going to need to manipulate these energy levels throughout the course of the game pretty constantly. Yeah, and then you would access, like, for example, if you're going to use the weapons, 
you would you would key over to that area, and this is all done. I don't know why they didn't use the mouse for some of this, but I guess since they, you're using the joystick, they said you couldn't use the mouse too. Right. That you you have to go once you get to the if you're going to adjust your weaponry first, you have to use the arrow keys to scoot over to to that section of the lower menu. Then you have to hit uh, number seven on the numeric keypad just to access the weapons area, so you can adjust your weapons. Now I will say the weapons in this are pretty neat. Amongst the things they've got are like almost like time bombs. They've got these kind of bo- electrical boxes. They've even got these cameras, which they talked about the picture-in-picture. Picture. You can actually drop cameras, and then you can see the camera up in the, in the upper left-hand corner like a view screen. Yeah, they, they've, they've, got a, they've, they've got a, a remote camera called a Parrot that yeah. can actually fly around. Yeah, and uh, I, and I, so I you think c- you, can adjust, you can actually look at multiple of these. I think you can yeah, flip through yeah. them. So, this game is a technical achievement, bar yeah. none, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are. This is just the tip of the iceberg of stuff. You when you shoot uh, when you encounter defenses, for example, you can blow them away. But it behooves you to just sort of wing them until they stop working, because then you can harvest their parts, uh, and you can actually have additional elements to your suit. You can add their empty slots. You can slot different sorts of abilities in. You can also take their, uh, their basically their battery pack to kind of add it to your own. There's uh, the the uh, the maze that you're in. This this complex is huge. Mm-hmm. Did you see any of the it's, blown up maps of this? It's, it's unbelievable. Four hundred rooms. Enough yeah. said. And that means elevators. That means uh, l- bridges. Uh, the rooms are pretty varied. Uh, boat. Uh, and you you get a uh, they did not phone it in. I mean, they really some of the rooms are really tall, so you can jump up on ledges and stuff. Now, this game had is unusual in the fact that it's a 3D game in this weird perspective, but there is some platform elements, right? And, right. But they but they thought of that, and so because like Boat said, if you hold down F10 or you can also hold the button on your stick for a long time, you will it will set the gauge to tell how far you're going to jump forward, and there's a sort of a you screwed up element to it that if you if you make a move real quick it'll sort of set you back down. I didn't get to try this because every time I jumped it was just over a little thing, but I like the fact that they put that in because you know as we all know jumping in a 3D world is not the easiest. But talk to the people uh, because you you probably saw a little bit more of this than I did. Tell just talk about the graphics in general. They really are sort of a tour de force, aren't they? In a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, uh, y- y- these are flat shaded polygons. So let's get this out of the way. That's the way that 3d is uh, on the Amiga for the most yeah. part. You're not going to get a lot of games with, with textured polygons, but this game is colorful in the best. The, the game that it reminded me the most of is elite two. Um, when you play Elite 2 and you land on a planet and it's one of these green planets and you see the, the the space station and the mountain ranges and the greens and everything, and it's just like it's a feast for the eyes. This game is the same way. They could have easily made this uh, all gray and black and yeah. and, 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 and not pretty. And, and instead, they decided to make it super colorful. Now, this is not going to be to everybody's taste. I'm sure that people some people would want to have a more realistic space station you're probably not going to see a real complex with purple floors and green walls but to me i I liked being able to identify what room i was in by what colors they were this is you know as we've talked about many times on the show a big problem that i have with dungeon crawlers is that every room gets looks the same and i end up getting lost and frustrated in this game i still ended up getting lost and frustrated but at least i was enjoying the scenery as i was doing it yeah. So um 
the uh the 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 enemies are all they reminded me a lot of enemies in Star Fox because that's just sort of where I come from when it comes to games like this yeah. but they're very well you know they're they're all different they look really cool you know they've got they 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 all look you know like different kinds of alien craft or whatever so I, I like those a lot and the most important thing about this game is that it runs smooth as silk <laughs> smooth as silk it's not juddery at all whenever you're you're moving around whenever you're rotating in the mech suit i mean it's just it's smooth as glass the enemies are coming you're firing shots on them there i didn't experience any slowdown there uh it's just i was amazed i honestly did not think that the amiga could make a game like this that ran this smoothly i just didn't think that they could do it this game proves that they can it's a work of genius. Is it is is it complicated? Yes. Is it going to take you a long time to get into? Yes. But for those of you that want a challenge and want a 3D game on the Amiga that's really going to pay off, this could be the game for you. You know, uh, and I will say, uh, um, I agree with everything you said. And the, the color, I think the color palette, I think they were very clever. And you sort of touched on this. Uh, the colors are wacky, but I think that's partially there to help you navigate. Uh, and the rooms are sort of wacky too, and I think that's part of it. Now, the manual says, "Listen, you go go ahead and take some, uh, go ahead and write down a map." You know, basically, I mean, they're, the manual doesn't pull any punches. It's, no, it knows no. it's a hard game, mm-hmm. and so they're like, "Yeah, this is gonna get, could get complicated." Uh, but I, yeah, I agree. I'm not. I don't think the thing ran super fast. But it does I, run smooth. I think it, it, it ran super fast. I, you know, I, when well, you're I, when you're motoring down a corridor, I mean, if it moved any faster, you wouldn't be able to control yourself. Well, that yeah, that's that's where I was going. This game reminds me, Bo. You know, we reviewed uh, Neuromancer years ago. You know, I love that game. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of that game where you're in the real world. There's part of it where you're in cyberspace. We've we've looked at a couple games where you end up going into cyberspace. Uh, that the vampire, the that vampire cyber game, vampire yeah. game. So. This right here is what I picture cyberspace sort of looking like. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of Tron-y. It's right. so, it's like I could see this game. Remember we read a while back how they converted an old retro game to be virtual reality. This right here would be a prime a prime candidate for that. I could absolutely because you can look up and down, you can slide from side to side, uh, you can do all the stuff that you would do with a virtual reality helmet on. I would. This would be a, a decent candidate to 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 get the treatment for that, if you ask me. Right. I think right. it probably would help it, especially if you had. Listen, the 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 everything about this game is classy and well done. But I mean, you when you sign on to it, you're going to have to bring a lunch, a pack lunch. This thing is yeah. super deep, and you have to really sort of master those minute elements. And I I. I I think Bode will back me up when I say we are literally giving you the bare minimum information. There's so the the just the subsystems. We watched a video. Bode found a VHS video on YouTube that it's like I, I guess they released this to help people out. I don't well, know why. Well, it, it, it really wasn't. It, this is one of these things that it's made to look old, but it's actually new. Somebody really? did this, and he ran. It's it's sort of like the Amiga show in that. Well, regard. let me tell you something. Uh, whatever the reason was. This watching this video at first, I was like, "Oh, this is neat," but it's like watching a video on like how to drive, how to like beginning guide, to, like driving an airplane, right? Or like, yes. or like a yes. semi truck, mm-hmm. or like how to fix your HVAC stuff. Right. It got complicated quick. Mm-hmm. It got so complicated, I was just sitting there drooling, scratching my head in the vein attempt to understand what I was looking at. Yeah, uh, it's it's this just is, too much. 
this is, you know, one, uh, one time on YouTube, I saw a video of a guy driving an old school 18 wheeler. This thing had like three, it had three sticks. He was moving stuff with his other hand. He was driving with his knees. I, if you watch a guy, if you watch a player play this game that really knows what they're doing, I bet their hands would look similar to that because you've got to be all over the keyboard, adjusting different things, moving different systems around. Um, it's, 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 is this the most complicated game we've ever covered on this show? Do you think? Well, listen, I, I compare every game we play to a couple games. There was that war game we played. It was like, it was called like, uh, conflict, something, something. So I can't remember the name of it. It was real complicated or a sim life. That's when I was really, and I, I actually had more luck with sim life. There was a while. I mean, I'm not lying when I say this, but cause I, I talked to you early in the week about this game. There was a time where I loaded this up and just sat in front of the first door, wondering what the hell I was supposed to do. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I had the documents plus the video. Yeah. And I had it was I was slow in video this down. This game and, and just like so many games from this time period, um, they 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 don't hold your hand at all. And no. I'm the type of player that likes a little bit of hand holding, especially yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. You know, and and you're not going to get that from this game as long as you know that going in and you're okay with it. I think you're gonna you're gonna have a fulfilling experience out of this. I think. Yeah. The funny thing is, I've got the manual here, the actual Amiga manual. Because if you look around, there's a couple. There's some that aren't necessarily catered to the Amiga. It's a 48-page manual, okay? That doesn't sound like that much. It's really not. And uh, a, a big chunk of it's devoted to backstory and flavor text. But this is a game, by the way, you, de- you definitely have to have the manual. But this is a game where you're going to have to... It's a lot like Elite, you mentioned. It's a game where you get to sit down and and just play it and play it and play it and read the book and then play it some more and read the book and eventually refine your abilities. Because mm-hmm. and we haven't touched on the actual rooms, what goes on in the rooms. Like boats, there's mo- there are uh, robots that come out. There are things that just stick at the door. There are bridges you have to unfurl across. There's places you have to jump across. There are weird shields and pillars, weird codes. Sometimes you can crack the code. Sometimes you'll gain new codes. You know, uh, it's just it's a ton going on. And it was beyond my ability to to play it with any great shakes, frankly. But it was an interesting treat to look at. And to and to at least attempt to put it in perspective, there are only a few people that have played this on YouTube at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the least played Amiga games I've found on YouTube. I found more videos of like Top Banana than I did this. So, and this is clearly much better. So, yeah, I think this is a fun game if you're willing to devote the time uh, to it. Boat, absolutely. Um, this also got released on the uh, Atari ST and on the PC. Uh, I uh, did a little comparison here <clears throat> between the two. And really, if you're watching at home, you'll see that the PC version runs uh, uh, probably faster. In fact, I, I'm real sure it does. But I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. And also, considering how DOS works, we don't know what kind of system they were recording this on. So your exactly. mileage may vary on the DOS yeah. version. But the Windows ver- or the, uh, the Amiga version runs well enough to where you won't be well here's here's what I, here's, here's a clue here's a clue as to how you know that what speed this game should run at look at the rotating lights in the upper right corner 
Yeah. See how they're going insane in the DOS version? The game's running too fast because those those lights act as your radar. Yeah, there's okay? a they call it Doppler in right. the manual. And if if you turn that system on, they will give you a hint as to where the enemy's at. Right. So that's telling me that the DOS version is <laughs> running faster than the developer intended. There you go. And uh, one of our listeners or uh, our viewers in the chat just mentioned that the Amiga version reacts well to acceleration. Thank you, Ardvark, for that. So if you have an accelerated Amiga, this might be one to pick up and give a whirl. Um, I looked at some reviews on this boat because, really, this is a game that would have been enjoyed back in the day uh, and would be best reviewed back then, probably. Uh, the Lemon people, I was surprised, actually. Lemon gives us 7.71. I would have thought it would have done better, but it maybe with the complexity of it took it down a few notches. It did quite well with the press, mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. Uh, Amiga Action uh, scored this a 90. Uh, Amiga Computing gave this a 65. They weren't impressed. Amiga Format, 90. Amiga Joker, one of the highest ever recorded scores, 89% over to Joker. Uh, Amiga Power, 88. Uh, CU Amiga, 91. The 178. Average Magazine uh, rating was 81%. I'd say that's probably, I mean, it's hard to grade. I'm not even sure I would even want to grade the thing, given my attempts at it. But I mean, I think as a as a piece of uh, programming and as as the attempt, I think that's a real solid piece of work. And I'd wager if you could master the controls, you you could really have a good time with this thing. But yeah, what I'd love to see is a um, a steel battalion like controller for this game where all the systems are <laughs> devoted to different keys and, and then and you're, you're working that thing like a piano. I'd love to see that. Well, I mean, listen, that's that. Yeah. That's not the worst idea I've ever heard. Um, <clears throat> get this boat. I did find, d dig up a few things that, that were on uh, Moby. Uh, it turns out that this game was the very first game. Oh, let me rephrase that. This game was the first to be reviewed in the legendary Amiga Power magazine. Really? Okay. Right, outside of the Z... The, uh, they had a, apparently a pre-magazine that came out. Uh, and, of course, it got an 89%. But they said, strangely, uh, the people at Moby mentioned, it never made any of their annual top 100 lists. So there you go. That's kind of kind of nutty. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't get any sort of action on the Discord on this, which is understandable, but yeah. <laughs> given the game, I will say... I looked this up on eBay, boat, and this is a, there's a lot of these out there, including locally. There's a guy, get this, there's a guy in Pennsylvania selling one of these sealed, still in the plastic, 50 bucks. Wow. Not bad. That's not, not bad a, at all. Uh, I also saw a boxed version, and this is all in the States for 40 bucks. I saw a sealed boxed version in Germany for 118 bucks. So there's someone sufficient. And then if you just want the disc, you can get it for 10 bucks. So okay. this is actually, I'm sorely tempted. If I didn't suck at it so horribly and was so confused by it, I'd be sorely tempted to pay that much money for that. It's not, that seems like a pretty decent deal. Yeah, yeah. And did both. you say that this thing this thing came on one disc, Aaron? One disc. Well, that is uh, insane. You know why that doesn't surprise me? It doesn't surprise me because of Elite. That's exactly what it shipped on. It was, And it's very similar graphics, too. Yeah, that's It's true. something, there's some sort of incredible compression and, and the way you program it, of course, we don't know what we're talking about, but whatever it is, you can smash a lot on the one single uh, disc. It's amazing. This is a game, like I said, overall, uh, I think if if this looks interesting or sounds interesting and you feel like you've got the jack, uh, I would check this out. And you may be one of the few to really uh, kick the tires on this and put it through its paces. Yeah. 
All right, Aaron, well, let's leave CyberCon 3 and let's check out what's been going on over on the old YouTube channel this week. We had a we had a pretty big week, uh, Boat, uh, this time around uh, on the old YouTube uh, channel here. So let's start off with uh, myself and the Brent, uh, as we often do. Uh, this time out, it was games with one-word titles. Now, we've done this on the, uh, I think we did this one time before, but this time Brent spiced it up. And he assigned letters to me. He didn't assign himself a letter. He just picked whatever he wanted. He <laughs> gave me Z. Z. And so I thought about it. Finally, I ended up picking Zorro for your beloved Atari 8-bit boat. Yeah. Uh, made by the, uh, made, put out by the same people that made uh, uh, Bl uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah. And, and you what uh, you know it by, by looking at this game. <laughs> yeah, you sure do. Oh, this, it had the exact same artist mm -hmm. that did Bruce Lee. Not the same program, but the same artist. Um, ultimately, I found this game uh, a, an interesting attempt, but I found it sort of tough to, to play, and it's not the best. It's not as good as Bruce Lee, but it was a much more um, it was a much more uh, uh, aggressive title when it came to trying to add puzzle elements and stuff. They, they, they've added a lot to it, but it didn't play that well. Brent hated this game, buried it, buried, mm. and so the Brent ended up picking uh, for his game. He ended up picking. Uh, premiere for the Amiga, so he's, he he jumped in our world uh, on this one. But we never we never I didn't heard of this game to be honest yeah. with. Have you heard of it? No, no. I, I, in fact, <clears throat> looking at it, I can't believe that it hasn't been suggested to us by the game selection committee because it looks pretty good. Well, I wasn't. I mean, we've played a lot of these games. Is and it I, not that it, good? I've not well, I've not I yet mean, listened it, to the show yet. Listen, it looks okay. And it plays. It, I'm not. Well, I'm it plays like them. an Amiga platformer. Let's be. Well, it does, it has a it has a gimmick, and the gimmick is you can move in between planes. Okay. You know the old Final Fantasy gimmick. Well, it's slow enough without that. I just didn't do it for me. Brit thought it was the finest thing ever made, and then of <laughs> course we had an incredible battle at the end of the show where he. I mean, he berated me, and what sucks is. Uh, we had a, a his internet gave out. No Skype crashed, so he berated me. Skype crashed. Then we had to start over, and he berated me again. Then it then it screwed up again. <laughs> so he berated me three consecutive times. I just had to sit there and take it. Oh, uh, no. he was killing me in here. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, it's, if you like to see me and Brent fight, by God, this is the show for you. It was a it was a Herculean battle here, boat. Um, <clears throat> let's move on down the line. Hey, I guess another one from uh, from yours truly. Uh, last week, boat. Uh, we got in touch with a fellow who had done a new ZX Spectrum game, and the game he did was a port, uh, a port of Asteroids uh, for mm -hmm. the for the ZX, and so he had contacted you via email, and you got you sort of got me in the loop. That's right. And so yeah, I, I said the heck with it. Let's put this sucker on the stream. So last night's last uh, week's Friday night stream was me playing a bunch of ZX games, and we started the show off with this Spectrum game that he wrote, and he was in the chat. And uh, uh, was ask you know answering questions about it. You can see if you're watching at home, it's a real solid game. Yeah, it's not yeah, even I, quite I believe yet. that this is going to be next month's uh, 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 Discord uh, high score challenge game. And yeah, yeah. Uh, for our Discord people, if you manage to make it on the top ten, uh, then you will be featured as the default top ten uh, in the in the game when it when it reaches its final shipping state. So pretty cool. Oh, that's great news, but well done. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's the fellow's name. Uh, I believe his, his code name is High Rise, but I, yeah, his name's yeah, Alan. His, his real name is Alan. He's a real nice guy. He stuck around, actually. He stuck around after Asteroids to make sure that I played the game he recommended. 
and I played a bunch of games on this show, but the one he was the one that everyone wanted me to play for some reason was this Wild West game called The Wild Bunch. I don't know yeah. if you And let me tell you something. I have almost had a conniption fit for a while, but it almost happened at the end of this playing of the Wild Bunch. So if you want to see old Aaron almost explode, then just <laughs> flip over and watch that because the ending of this was brutal. But if you <laughs> that was a full ZX uh Spectrum stream last Friday. If you feel like uh, checking that out, we had a good time on that boat. I think you even popped in for a little bit of that. One. I did. I was there. <clears throat> Look who's back in town. It's our good buddy Jack Flack, man. Fresh off of his vacation, fresh off of swimming in his new pool. He's rest. He's rested. He's ready to rock and roll. And he picks up a couple interesting ones, boat. He plays a new game of, for the C64, of, uh, and it's called Lady Pack. Lady Pack. Guess what that is, boat? Mm. It's a, it's a Miss Mr. Dew's Castle. Look at that, though. It looks oh, good. I, I watched the stream. It looked good. It played good. Uh, it's a it's a dandy little little uh, game. Once again, the C64 uh, is getting it done in the homebrew. Yeah. I thought yeah, that was I great. Mean, that, that looks fantastic. Yeah. Then, but one of your perennial favorites, my friend, it was time for some hardball. Oh. Straight up hardball. It's hardball one. And I watched uh, Flack's team struggle mightily against the All-Stars <laughs> before ultimately <laughs> Flack gave up to show us some of his old karate videos. So if you want to see young Jack Flack do karate, this is the show for you. And I'm not <laughs> lying. There it is. Uh, so we had a we had a good time, as always. Flack show, always entertaining. Uh, so check him out. And uh, those are a couple of really interesting C64 games as well. By the way, one thing I noticed is that the C64 version of Hardball looks identical to the Amiga version. Like, I don't think there was any upgrade at all. I just poured that sucker <laughs> directly over Okay, now, here we go. <laughs> I was very interested in this. The Acetronic MPU 1000 Games Montage with Hermski. A thousand games. This is a montage by a bunch of Are you of sure games. we didn't talk about this last week? Oh, it's up. It's up. It's new. I don't know why it's here, but we did okay. talk about it. But I'm maybe gonna, I'm maybe there, was a, yeah, there was some, uh, yeah, some because weirdness. Let me, let me tell you something. I actually talked to Hermski about this, uh, about what this thing was, how this got past me. And uh, uh, he gave me the scoop. You know, this is just one of those crazy systems that came out, you know, right around the time that Atari uh, Twenty Six Hundred did. It just, just went away. Mm -hmm. uh, it's sort of like it reminds me of something that some, that falls somewhere between the Fairchild Channel F and the Bally Astrocade in terms of quality. Uh, but uh, if you haven't checked this out yet, check it out. Hermski's <laughs> and there's a bunch of wacky games in here. And by the way, there's not a thousand games. It's the <laughs> MPU One Thousand. Uh, so check this out if you want to if you want to learn about the old Ace Tronic, a very interesting, uh, very very interesting piece of kit there, boat. Um, here we go. It's Frodo time. It's Frodo time, gang. And this time out, Frodo. The, here we go. The first year of the Commodore Amiga boat. Yeah. Remember remember when I did that little written that little oral essay on the first year of Amiga? I remember was, that. We need to bring back response? those segments. What was your response to that first that first year lineup? It wasn't good, yeah, was it, it? It, it? Yeah, it wasn't exactly breathtaking. No. <laughs> but listen, it was the first year. So I see Frodo starts off strong by playing some Archon, which is a mm -hmm. good choice. I'm assuming he's going alphabetical order. 
Uh, there were text adventures. There were stuff straight off the eight bits. Yeah. All your favorites. None of this stuff looks Amiga quality. But I will is- say, I will say that one on one does get a visual upgrade. The Amiga version. It's it's definitely yeah. the best looking version of the game. But uh, of course, you got Defender of the Crown, which was the real system seller. Marble yeah, oh, Madness yeah. is on here. So Frodo hits all the he hits all the high points, and then he does some more obscure stuff too. I think I was actually, I caught some of the stream because he was playing that that first ever Psygnosis game that was the real bad one that's got the controls of the that's mouse. That's all of them. No, no, uh, Boat. Boat, of course. Don't make me come over there, Boat. Anyway, check out Frodo. Of course, Frodo now has blue hair. Uh, so if you want to see that right there, it should be a selling point. Come see Frodo, the man with the blue hair. Always a good time. And he perhaps may be wearing some sort of wacky suit on top of the blue hair, depending on how it goes. So... Boat, I think that's all we have lined up. Uh, what did you? What do you got on video wise? Well, Aaron, there was a very special uh, edition of this week in retro that occurred last week. We had a guest host. Neil was oh, indisposed, God, yeah. yeah. And so uh, somebody had to step in, and that somebody was you. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I did get, I did dip my toe in the deep end uh, here, setting in for our good buddy Neil, and. Uh, you can't really take Neil's place, but I, I kind of kept the seat warm. I could do that. And so we, we talked about some stories on here, and it was fun, man. I had a good time. I appreciate you guys uh, having me come in and set in. Uh, I don't think we completely tore down the house. I think you could, I think Neil could come back and build it again. But uh, we had a good time, and uh, uh, it was neat to talk about stuff that I'd never heard about, including the computer museum. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so it was a good time. If you're, if you're into... Uh, this week in retro, you can listen to this and hopefully your ears won't bleed, but that's, that's my pitch. <laughs> All right. Well, as we coast towards the end of our adventure, Aaron, uh, it's time to thank the fine, fine folks that make Amigos happen each and every week. And we're going to start things off with our Twitch subscribers. Uh, you can subscribe to Amigos on Twitch uh, and, uh, and help support the show that way, especially if you like to watch us live. We record live every Friday at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, and if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, uh, you can subscribe to us for free, and it still gives us the dough. So we, we love that. Uh, we want to thank Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Pints and Amiga, Below Jellyfish, Eeyore4077, Daha Crabs, MTG, Orom, Frodo NL, Scumboy, Uber Scooper Diver, Explorer, Christian Russell, Jigglebox, Luminate 08, Peeplo, Am I Steph, Gary Heather, Smediger One, Retro Jerry, Paco Take, Jost 80, Buck Owens, Hermsky, Litwarski, Dave Velociraptor, RMC Retro, Matt Dufort, Texas Footballer, ZZZZ Fall, Daves and Donuts, Retro Rewind.ca, Butterberg 3000, John Marshall 3, Chris Edwards Restoration, Exile in Paradise, Beach Bum 7, Still Adolescent, Great Al G, MC Chessers, Pixel Rages, Wide World of Retro, Tenmark, Blue Train, Negsol, Cronus Nut, Super Fama King. Thank you guys so much wow. for supporting that's a, that's a us lot of people. on Twitch. Yes, thank you. Goodness. Now, Aaron, um, before we do our Patreon song this week, I want to thank the people, or I want to congratulate the people that got last week's correct. So uh, I posted the riff to the song uh, early on Discord. Explore R and Rob O'Hara got it just from the riff, just from the riff. But uh, the following people got the correct answer when the whole song was real. The whole song, of course, was sold to squeeze by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Want to congratulate David Z, TMX Online, and Pac Billy for getting the correct answer there. Yeah, well done. 
Now, Aaron, this week's Patreon song is getting ready to be launched. If you know it, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. Please, if you're watching live, don't announce it in the chat. Make it fun for everybody. Send me that email. If you know it, I will announce your name as a winner next week. All right, Aaron, let's hit it. Here we go. Machessa's Chris Edwards. Ram okay, Ram okay, David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, The Phantom Magnus, Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, Christian Brussel, David Zero, Joe Zuzanski, The Omega Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Vincent Scott, Heavy Systems Inc., Bundy Fraglock, Mark Bowling, Olaf Hopomsky, Jonah, a.k.a. Simulant, Alien Breeder, David Velociraptor, Calvert Boy, Langdon, Luke Hudson, Luke John Cook, Bomb the Bass, Frodo and L, Soul Incisor, Techmate Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Tour Club Reflection, Simon Ledge, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, 10 Minute Amiga Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Calendar. Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zobarkbib, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leif Kellan, Alan Kebab, Chekote, Level Lord John, Marshall Mew, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Viggy T, CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgon Mortensen, Edvin Helen Blender 75, Christopher Hessel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vapke, Adam B, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hacker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nett, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Humberstein, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, Kjobjorn Barman! Wow. That was hideous, Bode. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. No, no. You've ruined the country. Thank you. God. All right. So, uh, Aaron, we've got a couple slots still open in the Amigathon streaming uh, segment, don't we? Yes, we sure do. Uh, If you are interested in picking up one of the last remaining slots for that second 12 hours of Amigathon and raise a little bit of money, hey, good deed, get your name out there, uh, stream along. Uh, feel free to hop into the Discord for the Amigathon. There's a, a sign-up sheet right there. Uh, have a look at what the hours are remaining and uh, plop your name in there and, and take a shot, Boat. It's the way I look at it. Give it a shot, man. 
All right. And of course, we want to thank Blendo75 for choosing uh, CyberCon 3 for suggestion to the Amigos Game Selection Committee. And of course, the committee themselves for voting that in. Now, next week, Aaron, I am going to be on vacation, as the French say. So uh, you and the Brent are going to be taking over, taking over, amigos. Oh, man. Well, what game do we have next week? But maybe that'll make it better. Well, it is going to make it better, Aaron, because this is a game that you chose. It is John and Aaron Pick Week on Amigos. And this week, the committee selected your game, Fly Harder. I don't remember it, so, <laughs> but I'm sure it's great. <laughs> hey, well, look, if, if I picked it... Maybe Brent will like it, and if he doesn't, I'm going to really get killed. So that might be something for somebody to enjoy. <laughs> there you go. And, of course, we want to thank all of you for coming out to watch us live in the chat. Uh, let's see who we've got real quick. We've got our uh, moderator, Duncan Styles here with us. Thank you for wielding the band hammer, Dunk. 3D Code Warrior, 48K Ram, Amiga Cami, Amiga Live, Atten, Ard Awkward Aardvark, Barkbit, Bitstorm, Brock 101, Commander Root, Dave's Donuts, Data Dog UK, Dave Velociraptor, Demo Scene Net TV, Discord for Streamers, Dude Topaz One, Edvin Helen from the Man Cave, Frodo NL, Gary Hucker, Hamo One, Jason Warns, Catherine, L, Curtis Boyle, All Hail, Mitsuyama, Miss Lenti, Octums, Oil of Hope, uh, Picard 2010, Pie Gravity, Real Refi, Ricky DeRocher, Rob O'Hara, Schmooshwarf, Tom Toms, Twilight Zoner, VNK, Bigelow Pros, Worlds of Rogue, Explore R, and Z9K9. Thank you so much for joining us Thank live you. here on the show. Guys, we will see you. No, we won't. Aaron and the Brent will see you next week for Aaron's Game Fly Harder. Until then, adios. Adios.